Welcome to Manifesting on a Loop. Hello, guys. Welcome to Manifesting on a Loop, a skeptic-friendly podcast. We are here on episode one, finally. This is Manifesting 101. It's all the basics because I feel like there are so many misconceptions. This is exactly where I want to begin. And let's get straight into it. I'm going to start with what is not manifesting. So manifesting is not passive wishing. It's not wishful thinking and expecting it to happen. Manifesting is not visualizing. Although, you know, visualizations, I think, are a very great tool a necessary ingredient for what I like to call our manifesting salad, but it's not manifesting. And also manifesting is not a specific habit or a specific set of rituals. I hear a lot of people say, I've been manifesting every night before bed for about three months now, and I haven't seen any results. Well, you've been doing what before bed? Like manifesting is not a particular It's not a particular ritual you can do. It's so much more than that. I'm going to give you now the first half of a Japanese proverb I love. Just the first half, and then I'll give you the second one in a couple minutes. So the first half says, vision without action is a daydream. And now we're going to go into what manifesting actually is. So manifesting is a lifelong journey. It is a lifestyle It's who you are, not what you have. It's a state of being. It means embodying your highest self, the version of you that has already achieved your goals, the person you want to become before you're actually there. It is a mindset. It's changing your inner reality in order for your outer reality to change and not the other way around. Think about those people you hear about that literally came from nothing and now they're millionaires or they're super successful at what they do. Those are people who dreamed beyond their present realities, who believe they could achieve it all and could see that and feel that in spite of the circumstances they had at the time, they could do it. They could make it. There's a quote I love by Dr. Joe Dispenza that says, your personality becomes your personal reality. I love that. That illustrates that you need to change who you are to align with what you want. Manifesting is not just about wanting to get a Ferrari or a yacht, okay? It's about becoming the person you want to be truly. Outer reality is the last thing that changes. And manifesting is aligning our desires with our intentions and our actions. Aligned action is essential. And we'll talk about this a million times on this podcast because manifesting is not wishful thinking. It's taking inspired action. Like neuroscientist Dr. Tara Swartz says in her book, The Source, that I absolutely recommend, the word manifest became loaded with associations of religious proof and blind faith. But manifesting is merely another way of saying we make something happen. It relates to the action rather than to mere intention. I love that. Manifesting is going for your vision, so you have to know what you want very well. Now it's time to go back to the Japanese proverb. The first half I remind you was, vision without action is a daydream, which is exactly what I've been telling you that you can expect for your dream to come true if you don't do anything. And the second half goes, action without vision 
is a nightmare, which perfectly explains what I mean, that you have to get clear on what it is that you want in order to align your actions with your vision. So the whole thing goes, vision without action is a daydream, action without vision is a nightmare. Boom. The problem about getting clear on your vision is that most people, we live our lives on autopilot, just acting with no vision, without being intentional. It's like a hamster wheel where we're just all going and going with no clear view of where we're going. And many times, even if we do have a sense of where we're going, once we get there, once we get the job we've been pursuing for years, for example, we realize it doesn't bring us the fulfillment we expected. And many times we even realize this isn't what we truly deeply wanted after all. But because we have not stopped, we didn't realize it. It's also hard at times to figure out what we really want when society and our parents and even ourselves by extension have spent our lives telling us what we should want. So when you actually stop to reflect on it, you have no idea what your true dream is. And that is super scary. If you've listened to episode zero, Meet Your Host, you'll know that I pursued the studies I thought I wanted Then suddenly I saw my life stopping without me wanting it to stop at the time. But I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to stop and reflect because you already know I've never felt this sense of purpose I have now. But I know it's hard. And it's actually why I think many people don't want to stop to think about it. So many people don't want to stop because they're afraid of discovering that they've been pursuing something that they didn't actually want for themselves. We'll go deeper into how to discover your purpose on future episodes. But for now, let's get back to manifesting. So manifesting is something we all do. Like you've manifested before. This might trip you up, but it's true though. You have already manifested things in your life, only you didn't know you were doing it. Many times it is our limiting beliefs about ourselves that keep perpetuating the same life or the same patterns. Let me get a little sciency here. Our brains are wired to crave the comfort zone. Whatever it doesn't know, it deems as scary and unsafe. And I'm not just talking about things outside of us, like skydiving, you know. I also mean our own thoughts. Thoughts, behaviors, beliefs happen inside of you when neurons, which are brain cells, link up. And the more you think and act in a specific way, the stronger the link between those neurons. That link is called a neural pathway. So when you repeatedly think the same thoughts and act the same ways, those neural pathways that create that thought or action are getting stronger and stronger. And that is the brain's comfort zone. So every thought or behavior that you have that you don't normally have is outside of your brain's comfort zone. Let me explain this a bit further. There's a part of the human brain that hasn't changed much throughout evolution. This area of the brain, is called the primal brain by many, is in charge of our automatic self-preserving responses like fight or flight, which is one that you probably heard before. It looks for the potentially dangerous aspects of a situation to avoid risk at all costs. Obviously, this was super useful for the cavemen because in prehistory, this constant analysis of potential downfalls could literally mean alive or death. But in our current times, of course, we mostly don't find ourselves in life or death situations. But our brain doesn't know the difference between actual life-threatening risks and other types of risks. 
which means that it tries to keep you from doing anything and everything that is out of its usual, even thinking out of your usual. The usual is interpreted as safe by our brains, even if that usual is not conducive to our happiness. Many times that usual is negative. When you've operated a certain way for years, your neurons have been connecting through the same pathways for so long that they understand these as safe. This is why it's so difficult to change, because the minute your body notices a deviation from the usual, it interprets it as a threat and sets in motion a myriad of different processes in your body to desperately try to bring you back to the usual safe path. Up until the 1960s, scientists thought that you couldn't change much after 35 years old or so. But then they discovered something called neuroplasticity or brain plasticity, which is the brain's ability to change, adapt, and reorganize the patterns of our minds. We usually define ourselves, who we are, through our patterns of thought, emotions, behaviors. But now we know our brain and neurons can be reprogrammed to match the person we want to be. Now, kids don't have limiting beliefs. Those are all learned throughout our growth in the society we live in. They come from our social conditioning. If they've been learned, thanks to neuroplasticity, they can be unlearned as well. So let's do a little recap at this point, because I know this is a lot of information. And if this is the first time you're learning any of this, it can be a bit intense. So let's just sum this up like this. Even if it's difficult to change our ways and our limiting beliefs about ourselves because our brains want to keep us safe, neuroplasticity proves we can change. So even if you spend years and years of your life believing that you're not worthy of the dreams you want to achieve and the person you'd like to be, you can re-educate your brain and your subconscious mind to believe you're worthy and capable of all of that. This is so key to manifesting. There's a quote I love by author Roxina Fusi, who wrote the book Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life. She says, and this is something I want you to remember, we manifest what we subconsciously believe we're worthy of receiving. I'll say that again. We manifest what we subconsciously believe we're worthy of receiving. You cannot get what you don't believe you deserve, period. So back to our brain. Neuroplasticity is not the only brain feature we can learn to use in our favor in our manifesting and self-improvement journey. The brain also has a system that we'll also discuss further in the future that filters out tons of information that you're constantly receiving through your senses in order for you to be able to focus. We receive millions of stimuli per second. And in order for us to be able to focus our attention, the brain filters out everything that you don't consider important right now. Now, a lot of people think that when you're manifesting, new opportunities come your way. What neuroscientists like the incredible Dr. Tara Swart author of the source, have proven, is that thanks to neuroplasticity, we re-educate our filtering system for it to spot opportunities that will lead to you achieving what you want. Those opportunities are not necessarily new opportunities. They might have passed through your life multiple times, but your brain filtered them out, maybe because you subconsciously didn't believe you could make it, for example. This is manifesting retraining your mind, subconscious and conscious, to believe that you are able to achieve your goals and that you deserve to live your dream life so that you feel inspired 
to go for it and seize the opportunities that will take you there. It might sound abstract and weird and out of your reach, but honey, if you're human, you have a human brain and neuroplasticity is real for every human brain. So, you know. At this point, I want to introduce something that is a bit difficult to explain and understand, but I'm going to try my best because this has been critical in my own journey. I'm going to need you to bear with me a little bit here, okay? I'll be touching a bit on quantum physics to illustrate what I want to describe, but bear with me, please. Just trust me. So quantum physics is the study of matter and energy at the most fundamental level. Quantum science may reveal how everything in the universe, or in multiple universes, is connected to everything else through higher dimensions that our senses cannot comprehend. Quantum physics trips your mind. I'm not even kidding. But it's so complex and so difficult to explain because even scientists don't know most of the explanations for crazy paradoxes that seem incredible. Like, I don't know how to pronounce this, but there's this experiment that's called the Schrodinger's cat, Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat experiment. It's a thought experiment where a hypothetical cat may be considered simultaneously both alive and dead while it is unobserved in a closed box. What? I know. Listen, this tripped me up so much. We're not going to get in, in there. Not going to go there. If you want me to discuss this further, let me know and we might do a full episode on quantum physics. But where I'm going with this is Dr. Joe Dispenza's interpretations of quantum physics. Him, as well as other scholars, support a quantum field theory where everything in the world, both the tangible things we can see, as well as other things we cannot see or experience with our senses, like our thoughts, emotions, are all the same thing. Energy. And this energy is all in the quantum field, which is a dimension, a realm of reality, where everything is just energy. So in the quantum field, you are the same thing as your thought. (laughs) You are energy. And your thought is energy. In the quantum field, energies have different vibrations. And similar energies with similar vibrations attract. Because thoughts and emotions are energy as well, high-frequency emotions, love, gratitude, empathy, joy, all the good stuff, attract energies vibrating in the same frequency. So if you're constantly vibrating in high frequency, you'll attract more of it and vice versa. If you're usually thinking low-vibe thoughts and having low-vibe emotions, you'll attract more of that as well. Now, with neuroplasticity, we can change our usual thoughts and emotions to higher frequencies, so we'll attract more of that. Dr. Dispenza also explains that you can observe any potential into existence. Basically, what he explains is that the atom, which is what everything is made up of, is 99.9999% nothing, empty space, and just 0.0001% matter. If this is true, and everything is made up of atoms, then that would mean that the world we see and touch and experience through our senses, the material, physical world, is just 0.0001% of reality. And the 99.9999% left is nothing. It's pure potential. It's empty space. 
The nucleus of the atom is a tiny material particle, which is 0.0001% of the atom. And around the nucleus, there's not a cloud of electrons, but an empty space. And an electron could potentially appear anywhere in that empty space when it is observed by a conscience. I know this is a what the hell moment. This would mean that everything that exists materially in the world we see has also been observed into existence by a conscience, a higher conscience, a higher intelligence that created nature and that we cannot comprehend. I call this intelligence the universe. Dr. Dispenza says humans are energy with a conscience. We can emulate the higher intelligence that connects everything We can emulate its ability to create because we have a conscience. We can observe into existence an infinite number of potential realities. One of those possible realities will come true materially when it is observed by a conscience. For example, you. Think about this. How many people have said, I knew this would happen? What Dr. Dispenza teaches is that because you thought this would happen, it happened. It happened because you believed it would. You observed that outcome into existence. This is a very hard concept to explain in a few minutes. If you're interested in this, let me know and I'll, you know, we'll do an episode on it. You can also read Dr. Dispenza's book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Just FYI, for my skeptics out there, you don't need to believe any of this to believe in manifesting because neuroscientists have proven beyond a doubt that you can change your brain and your brain is the only thing you need to manifest. Manifesting means to use the indisputable power of your brain's plasticity to change your brain, to believe you're worthy of what you desire and notice opportunities that you couldn't see before. It's definitely a plus to believe in the universe and believe that if you are vibrating in a high frequency, you'll attract similar energies, but it's not necessary to believe in manifesting. We know for a fact that you can definitely train your mind to look for new ways of accomplishing your goals when you believe they're possible for you. Before letting you go, I want to tell you a real life event that happened in the 1950s that illustrates how important believing and knowing that you can do something is for you to be able to accomplish it. So up until 1954, experts thought that running a distance of a mile, which is 1.6 kilometers, in four minutes or less was humanly impossible and even dangerous to try. But an athlete called Roger Bannister was convinced he could do it. So he did. He ran a four-minute mile on May 6th, 1954, because he believed he could. It was his mindset that dictated what happened to him. But what is even crazier is that once he had achieved it, once he had proven that it was indeed possible, in spite of what scientists believed, other athletes quickly started running the four-minute mile as well. Once it was a possibility in people's minds, once they knew it was possible, they did it. Let me quote Nelson Mandela here. This is one of my favorite quotes. It always seems impossible until it's done. There you go. That's it for today. I hope you're still there. 
alive and kicking. This was a dance episode where we covered so much, but I feel like this was very necessary information for you to understand. Next episodes will be much more practical and hands-on, so stay tuned for that. We've reached the end of the road here, at least for now. Check out the episode description for any resources I might have mentioned. If you like it, please subscribe and leave us a review. Your support is key. Also, share this with whoever you think could benefit from what we've discussed and leave your feedback or suggestions on the Instagram DMs at Manifesting in a Loop. Make sure you follow us on there too for daily inspiring content and more. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you very soon. And just remember, make your highest self proud and be kind. Bye.